Hey guys, this is Marcia Reiner with Profit with a Plan podcast. I have a treat for you today. I have a international expert on how to grow your business so that you can sell it in the future. So you need to listen to Profit with a Plan podcast with my guest, Daryl. Okay, here we go. Hang on, I'm going to do that again because I didn't put your last name in there. You want me to just confirm the pronunciation? Bates Brownsword. Brownsword. Sword. As no in w. the weapon. Okay, cool. Hey, everybody, this is Marcia Reiner with Profit with Plan Podcast. I have a treat for you today, my international expert on how to get your business ready to sell and how to maximize the value. Join us today as I have guest Daryl Bates Brownsword on today. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm known as the Profit Booster and a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guide your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies with you today uh, on Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have a super powerful training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is where I'll show you how you can boost your net profit by 45% in just 30 days, simply by following a three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out right now at 30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. All right, so I have my guest on today, my international guest. I love his accent, so he's just it just warms my heart. So Daryl uh, Bates-Brownsword is an accomplished business consultant and coach with a dynamic and driven approach backed by over 20 years of valuable experience. He is passionate about empowering business owners to get the most from their life's work and exit like a boss. Known for his ability to connect with others, think strategically, build strong teams, and solve complex problems, Daryl has the talent for simplifying problems and guiding businesses towards success. His track record includes two international multi-million dollar turnover businesses with one currently operating in 16 countries. Daryl's quick thinking and analytical skills enables him to swiftly identify core issues and understand broader context. By challenging the status quo, he constantly achieves consistent, repeatable, and reliable business results. All right, Daryl, I am so excited to have you on Profit with a Plan podcast. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Marcia. I'm uh, really excited for this one. Me too. We've been talking for a little while now, and um, I think we've got a great show and topics for the guests. But before we get started, I always love to ask folks, you know, we didn't just think as a as a as a four-year-old at the lemonade stand that we were going to come sell businesses, but how did you get into this space? Wow, look, I fell into it. <laughs> um, so, look, my my background is I'm, I'm a, I studied at uni as a mechanical engineer. So, um, and 
I what did that teach me? It t- taught me how to think and analyze and plan and understand how things work. But I, I just never really loved getting into the detail. I worked in power stations, in, in gas-fired power stations uh, back in Australia. But what really intrigued me was it was about the time, the, the late 90s, when the, the corporates were going through a lot of restructuring in, in Australia and right-sizing, as, as they called it. And, and I just saw all these management consultants coming in. I was still young, but all these management consultants coming in, and they look like they're having a good time. And, and my mind was just attracted to, to understanding how business worked, the business side of things. So I, I went off and, and did some some more studies, and uh, and that was, for me, I, I sort of moved into the, the commercial, the, the management, the strategic side of things, and and have been working as, as a, a consultant slash coach ever since. Um, I guess I remember at the time I said to my wife, you know, I wasn't really sure how it was going to work. And I and I and I started out on my own and I said, look, give me a year. If it doesn't work, I'll go and get a real job. And uh, I still haven't found a real job yet. So and my kids are all growing up. I had kids, uh, a, a couple of toddlers then. So um, it it's going OK. Isn't that funny how how we we don't associate running our own business as a real job. We associate it as some sort of like hack or hobby or something like that. But, you know, it's really funny because many business owners are feeling the same thing. You know, they ask their spouse, I'll go get a real job. Partially reason for my divorce was my husband wanted me to get a real job. Right. And and it didn't work because he was a corporate guy. But, you know, it's 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 funny because they don't think of their business as a real business and a career. And that's one of the most important things that they need to do in order for it to be successful and to be able to sell it in the future, right? I mean, come on. Absolutely. Look, you need so many more skills and and you need to expand your breadth of knowledge. Looking back, if I'd got a real job, our life would have been a hell of a lot easier and less stressful. Um, Of course. But I wouldn't change it. Like, uh, I love what I'm doing. I, I it's such a privilege, I think, to have a, I'll call it a job, but to, to work in an area that, that you love working in. And, and yeah, you know, I'm still fascinated around how businesses work and all, you know, and uh, all the different variations that are out there and, and tweaking them and, and seeing the, the reasons behind the way things happening and, and see if we can understand what they are and therefore consciously make changes that will uh, ultimately increase the valuation um, and then get the business owners on the front foot because at the end of the day, we are all going to exit our business. And um, yes, we're going to grow them, but ultimately we're going to exit them one way or another. Let's do it (laughs) on our terms. I love that. I was just hoping you would throw that in there because yes, everybody's leaving the business at some time, you know, do it on your terms and, and get the most value for it. So, you know, you have some great systems, um, Daryl, that that really attracted me to having this conversation today that you work with your customers with to help to improve that value. Do me a favor, kind of highlight some of the systems that, that business owners need to really have, um, have a pulse on so that they can, you know, grow their business in a way that makes a great business now, but really sets them up for that exit when they're ready. Yeah. I think, Marcia, the, the first thing is if you're going to exit your business, you need to understand what you're selling because, the you know, at some point you want someone to buy that. 
And if you understand what you're selling, it can help you understand what they're buying. And that when someone's buying something, just like you buy a car, a house or anything, you want to minimize your risks. You want to Mm -hmm. become informed. You want to understand what it is you're buying and minimize your risks so you don't have buyer's remorse or, or whatever. If we understand we need to, as business owners, we need to make the shift because through our whole career as as running our business, we've been masters, we've been really good at selling our product to our customers. And at some point we need to, and, and we've been going, and I'll just go back a step, we've been focusing and we've been educated that we need to keep working on our business. And, and if you're not growing, you're going. You've got to keep growing your business to, to keep ahead. Otherwise, you're just going backwards and, and you're not going to be viable any longer. And our customers want us to be viable. They want us to run successful, profitable businesses. At some point, we need to make that mindset shift from just ongoing profit and revenue growth and, and start to look at our business and under if we understand the valuation of our business mm. and make that mindset shift to valuation growth, then we're starting to think like, you know, getting our business exit ready and we're on the front foot. And the big advantage of being on the front foot and being exit ready is that a lot of business owners think and hope that someday someone will come out of the blue and make them a big offer for their business. <clears throat> and Nine times out of 10, it just doesn't work because (laughs) they'll come and make an offer. I'll give you two, five, 10, 20 mil, whatever it is for your business. We get all excited as business owners. And then they start the the, the process of doing the research and they they have a look at our business and they see that I'm behind the scenes pulling all the strings, making everything work. And and it's all dependent on me. They go, well, if Daryl gets hit by a bus, that business is just too big a risk. I'm out of Mm. here. I'm moving on to the next opportunity. So that's that's why we want to get it exit ready or in a position or attractive to be be sold at any time, regardless mm. of whether we're thinking about selling it now or not. And I know your original question was around growth and and systems. So I'll I sort of just felt I needed to give that framework to, to answer. No, the that's question. that's perfect though, because I've been talking about that. You know, this is episode 220, some odd, almost 230. And for years I've been talking about that same thing. So I sometimes forget myself to to frame it in a way that says, you got to do these things now because it's 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 important for when later, right? And yeah. I think the way that you just you just listed it is if Daryl gets hit by a bus, right, then the business is going to fall apart because it's all about him. So I love the way you frame that. So yeah, go on back to the go on back and hit me with some systems that that help to ensure that those value stay up there. So when it comes to preparing a business to be exit ready, look, the, the, this is a framework and, and it's designed by a guy by the name of Craig West. Now, Craig uh, is based in Sydney in Australia. Uh, he, he started the Succession Plus business. Um, we worked together 20 odd years ago, right in the early days of my consulting. And then back in 2019, I brought his system to the UK. Mm-hmm. And, and we're now a pretty much a global business with, with operations in the UK, Australia and the US. And, and the system that Craig developed after is 10 or 12 years working on it, refining it, testing it, helping business owners exit their business and just seeing what works and what doesn't. So it's it's an empirical system based on experience and hard knocks, if you like. And what the system is, it's made up of 21 steps over five stages. So we'll just talk about the stages because we haven't got time to go into all the details. Thanks. Okay, good. But the first stage is let's identify the value that's in your business. And you'll notice that it's all about value. 
So let's identify the value. Let's understand that how an outside person will value your business. Mm. Because one of the keys is our business is not exitable or exit ready until the business value is worth more to someone else than it is to you. Mm. And what I mean by that is if you talk to any of your business owner clients, you go, what do you think your business is worth? And they'll have a number in mind. Yeah. And it's not based usually on any sort of valuation. It's based on their blood, sweat and tears that they've put in growing it. I've been doing this for 20 years. It owes me this much. Right, right. And we know that's not a real valuation, but mm. it's real to the owners of the business. So we need to understand the valuation and go, what's the business worth to someone else? And what's the business worth to the owners? And we need to see if the potential valuation of the business is greater than the valuation to the owners of the business. If it's greater than that, then we've got the possibility of creating a deal and it being exitable one day. If it's if it's less than the valuation to the owners, then we've got to figure out how to close that gap because otherwise it'll never sell. Exactly. Or the so or the seller won't won't be happy with the results that he's selling it for, right? I mean, yeah, if he gets exactly. one year of revenue, then he's like, I just spent 20 years here and I'm only getting one year of revenue for it. Wait a minute, yeah, right? So it's setting my, the mindset as for the seller as well, right? The, the the seller and the buyer, and we need to get the expectations right. So we need to mm. because a lot of us think our own assets are worth more than they really are. <laughs> of course. So we need to be aware. So so this is why we do the first stage. We go let's mm. let's see what a buyer would value your business at the moment, and let's just uh, start to set our expectations. Good. So that's about all about identify value. Stage two of of our twenty one or uh, you know twenty one steps. So the next few steps is stage two. It's all about protecting value. Mm. that's like we we've we've created our business now we're not selling it yet but let's just protect it for those unplanned exits for those mm. when the bus does hit me hopefully it won't touch wood but if the bus <laughs> does does come along what's going to happen to all of the stakeholders now the stakeholders is family and shareholders and and interested parties and mm. employees what's going to happen to those people in an unplanned exit you know, mm. do all of the assets, do, do the things keep operating in the way that you intended and you would hope them to do? So we need, we're talking shareholder agreements and insurances and key man and buy, sell and, and things like that. Right. So that way we, we, and I think protecting is like building a solid foundation for if I'm building a building, I, I want a solid foundation. If I've got a really good foundation, I can build a big building and an impressive building on top of it. If I haven't got a good foundation, once I start building, it's going to collapse. So, so let, me ask my... you, let me ask you a quick question on this point here before we go yeah. on. Um, a lot of business owners are thinking, you know, unless they have to, like car insurance. Here in the U.S., you're required to have car insurance. But oftentimes, if it's not required, they're not looking at protecting the stuff that they have because they're thinking, oh, I need this money better spent over here or my time is better spent over here rather than focusing on protecting. How do you shift that mindset so so the, the seller or the, the business owner can can really appreciate the fact that they're going to protect it and what that does? Yeah, it's a really good question because it's it's a reality question, isn't it, Marcia? Exactly. Um, the amount of businesses you go to and you go, there's a couple of owners in there. You go, look, show me your shareholders agreement. And they go, well, yeah, we've talked about it and we've got an agreement in principle. And I go, or it's 20 years old and never been yeah. retouched. <laughs> 
And and exactly. And they'll go, we we sort of you know, know how and I go, but if something happens to someone and it's not signed and it's not up to date, like what you've got just doesn't hold water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're fit and we're okay. And it's I um, love my partner right now. We're gonna yeah. live forever together and we're still in our honeymoon, right? Exactly. So Long. I you know, shareholders agreement is is it's a bit like a prenup agreement, isn't it? Pre mm-hmm. so you know, and and sometimes you just need to sort of hold it up like a mirror and go, look, here, got here's the reality, and just start telling stories of, of what, what we've seen and you know what's happened. Because you know, if if I if I cark it, um, you know, my will says that all of my assets go to my wife, assuming she's not driving the bus, which you know sometimes <laughs> I'm concerned about. The <laughs> thing she's not here, so um, but you know, all of my, my will and all of my estate goes to her naturally. Now, if I'm in business with a business partner, my business partner is now in business with my wife. Mm. And bless her, you don't want to be in business with my wife. She she works in education. She She's a teacher and she's an amazing, dedicated, well sought after teacher, but she's not commercial. She doesn't know how to run a business. So Correct. that's not healthy for the business. She'd rather the cash because that would look after her. Um, yeah, if I'm if I'm no longer around and able to provide, but um, she'd rather the cash and the business would rather that that the, to for the, my partner to have the full ownership of the business. Now, without the proper protection in place, that's not going to happen, and that's just going to destroy everything. Mm. And you know, it, you know, as if it's not bad enough that one of the the owners of the business is is you know, incapacitated as it is. So we want to protect, um, you know. All of the stakeholders, and I deliberately use the stakeholders rather than just the shareholders, because it's everyone who's got a a vested interest in the business that will be affected um, in the future. So that's what protecting value is all about. And good points. And thanks for going a little deeper on that, because I think that you know they don't really realize it, right? Just like you don't think about your mortality until you get to a certain phase in life. But, you know, in reality, it's a lot less expensive and a lot easier to do it when you're starting your business or early on in your business rather than trying to, you know, uh, plug the holes later on in life or later on in your business relationships. So uh, I appreciate you uh, explaining more on that. All right. And as you point out, it's more than just, hey, look, I love my business partner. We're, we're you know, we're on the same page. Well, well, that's that's a cost of entry as far as I'm concerned. You need to be on the same page. Otherwise, you're fighting against each other and the business right. are never going to lose. Right. This is about protecting everyone should, you know, the, the undesirable happen. And, mm. yeah, you might be on the same page, but this just facilitates it all happening quickly and easily and, and pain-free. And, hopefully saving some tax as well if you get the right tax advice at the same time because you need that advice to help you structure it properly love it love it all right so, so what's the that's third protection one? the next one is now that i've protected my business and i've got a good solid foundation well let's maximize it mm. and it's maximize the valuation so it's here's where we get the mindset shift from just increasing the revenue increasing the profit to going let's focus on the valuation how do i increase the valuation because the valuation is influenced by more than just the profit profit's only half the formula and you know most people might be aware that you know the business valuation is a combination of a profit and then there's normally a multiplier applied to that profit number mm-hmm. the multiple is just a reflection of risk mm. so it's profit times a risk factor and the, what we want to do is de-risk the business as much as possible, yeah. And then the the multiplier goes up. 
which means you know they'll pay a, if there's less risk they'll pay a higher multiple mm. and when we're talking about risk we're talking about risk to the owners so the, the sellers of the business and also risk to the buyers they don't want to take a risk and so the risk can be anything from making due diligence really easy so once they start to make inquiries improving the revenue stream. That's always the easy one. That's the first one. In looking at the employees, the staff, having a look at their retention, what, what's the employees, what's the caliber of the people in the business? The third one I go to then is going, how automated is the business? Have we got systems and processes in place? Is the business like a Swiss watch? Do things run smoothly? The, the key here is that when most people um, talk about systemizing their business, they tend to talk about systemizing the operations. Have we got all of the operational workflows happening nice and smoothly? What I also want to look at, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about information systems. To me, sure. in this day and age, information systems, they're, they're a given. Yeah, your, your operating, your, your, your zeros, your, your finance systems and what have you. I'm talking about the workflow and the processes. But the key differentiator here is, have I got a management system in place or an agile management system? And what I mean by that is, have my management team got a proven track record for setting budgets and goals for the year and achieving those budgets and goals and making remedial and, and making adjustments required as, as the environment and the economy changes? And so it's not about just operational efficiency. It's about the management process and systems, you know, and keeping on track with KPIs and targets and monitoring my management system. Uh, for those who are going, what's he talking about? You know, you've probably <laughs> heard of the book EOS and Traction. That's a great example of a management system. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about so systems. So the next one above in terms of maximizing the valuation is have I've got some sort of IP or proprietary product that's mm. only available from us, from our business. Mm. Um, and if I haven't, get some. And that that IP can be in the form of, of a process, like the 21 steps you can only get from us. <clears throat> after, after my product, the next way to increase the valuation is to make sure that I've got multiple routes to market. How do I get my product out to the marketplace? How do people find out about me? Now, you know, we've got website, we've got social, we've got newsletter lists, we've got referral partners, we've got um, cold emails, perhaps. You know, we've got, you know, all sorts of different channels or routes to market. Do I know the cost per client ac acquisition for each channel? Do I know how to turn it on and dial it up and down? And do I know my client longevity for each channel? And am I introducing new channels as old ones stop uh, being as effective as they were? So they're my routes to market. Now, once I've got that in play, the next way I'm going to look at it increasing the valuation of my business is, is start to work on my brand and my position in the marketplace. What's mm. different? What's special about me? And ideally, this will link back to, to my product. Now, a lot it. of business owners, if they're small business owners, you know, they'll do their first bit of work with a, a marketing agency and they'll pay to get a logo designed and they'll get some style for their business, which is fantastic. It's a great first step. Right. But a brand is so much more than that. What I mean by a brand is do people, are people the marketplace aware of your brand and your business name or are they just still coming to you and, oh, yeah, you run Acme Marketing or, or whoever it is? Are they coming to the brand and does the brand have a reputation? 
Now, once I've got that reputation, my business is known for something specific in the marketplace, and I've ticked that off, the seventh lever or the risk, risk factor that I need to address is how scalable is my business? Have mm -hmm. I built my prototype? Is my business model, can I plug and play and replicate this business model in other locations to scale it up? And those seven things are the seven risk factors that I use wow. to leverage up the business value. And that's just in stage three. Now Holy cow. Seven, <laughs> seven errors areas in just maximizing the value. I mean, we could have had a whole podcast just on one of those areas within the seven, but I love the way that everything you're doing along the, along the way is, is talking about the valuation that you're going to get, how to maximize the value. You talked about how to identify the value so both people are on the same page. You've talked about protecting the value just in case, you know, Daryl gets hit by a bus that's being driven by his wife. Okay. Um, and then you then you mentioned <laughs> then then you gave us seven huge steps on maximizing the value that gives to me the the side of saying, well, if I do this now, I'm creating a really good business. But then if I do it now, it's also increasing the value so that when I do decide to let go, I'm super attracted to the buyer because the buyer says that this is a repeatable business that I can step into if that's the buying scenario that I can step into and continue running without too much interference or or risk, as you say, um, and being able to keep the business running. So that maximizing the value to me sounds like it's how do I keep the business running when somebody else steps in? And Absolutely. I think it's fantastic. I mean, the really, really juicy stuff. So, so looking at identifying the value, protecting it, maximizing it, what else would we need to do? Extract it. Oh, Okay, tell me more. So we get, we've maximized the valuation of our business and we go, now some people will stop here and they'll go, you know what? Now that my business is all structured and organized, um, it's not as stressful for me to run anymore. Right? I'm kind of enjoying it. And it, and now that it's all in order, it's actually more profitable and more, more efficient. And sometimes clients will say to us, look, do you mind if we just stop here for a sec, catch our breath? Because it's kind and of enjoy fun. the business <laughs> and enjoy the business. I've fallen back in love with it, or I've, I've I'm enjoying running it again, and you know I feel like I've had a career change because whereas before I was in the thick of it, now I'm just focused on three things, and here, here's three things that are a measure of if the business is exitable or exit ready. First thing is I set the context. I'm focused. I'm no longer on the tools. I'm one of my primary roles is setting the context or sharing the vision of the organization. Why are we in business? Next one is I manage the culture. The culture is, is all about, you know, the culture in a small business. It's always a reflection of the owners of the business. Mm. No matter what, no matter what we try and do or say, it's they're looking for us for our behavior and what we're doing. And they're taking that as a, a template for the culture. The third one I'm doing is I'm coaching. I'm not playing. I'm mm. mentoring. I'm involved. I'm guiding. I'm steering, but I'm not doing it myself in the business. But if I'm just doing those three things on a day-to-day -day basis or week-to-week -week basis, the business it's a sign that the business is exit ready. Mm. So now that it's exit ready and I'm I'm and I've gone and I've had a couple of extra years making good profit and join it, doing those three things, I'm now ready to extract it. So I need to get all of my 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 process and, and docu sales documentation ready. 
I need to go back. It's important to go back to my accountant at this stage. So many business owners go and sell their business without giving their accountant the heads up. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the number of accountants <laughs> that have come to me and said, Daryl, I could have made such a difference if only they told me beforehand. Yes. So we get our accountant early on and, and, and so many people just stay a lifetime with their accountant and that's fine. But we give them a brief when we start our business. We go, I'm going to start this business. Look, make it as tax efficient for me as possible. And that's legit, but no worries. But we forget to go back to our accountants and go, hey, look, I'm about to start thinking about exiting my business in the next three years. Is there anything you need to do to reset, to move from tax efficient to increasing the valuation? If we have that conversation with our accountants, A, they're going to love us for telling them to do it, but it's going to help the business owners exit and save a truckload of cash because it's an expensive mistake and no one likes paying tax unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. we, pay, we pay what we have to pay, but if we can minimize it legitimately, then why wouldn't you? <clears throat> of course, of course. You know, before, hang on. So, so this is really, listeners, this is really, really important. You know, there's there's different ways that that the the accounting can be done to make you look really bad for taxes so you don't pay so much or make it look really good for a buyer so it's super attractive. And it's the same numbers. You're not cheating the numbers at all, but it's the way you package the numbers. And when you're going to sell your business, they're looking back three years. So you've got to give your accountant time to structure the business in a way, structure the numbers in a way, so it matches with what you're telling the buyer. And it's not that headache that's going to blow up and devalue your company when they start getting in and picking through your numbers. Look, so this, this key of talking to your accountant early on is really, really important. So I'm glad, Daryl, you brought that up because it, it is essential. And, and we need to be on top of our numbers. We need to be managing our business proactively from a financial perspective, and we need to be all over them. Yeah. Now, the more we can access our financials and present them and talk about them, the better position we'll be in when it comes to exiting our business. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons is, look, no matter what happens, we're going to present our financials and, and provide them to a buyer. They're going to want to adjust them. And mm -hmm. what are they doing? They're just going to say, what would this business look like if I owned it? What adjustments do I need to make? And we're talking about salaries. We're talking about one-off expenses. We're talking about those annual conferences in Spain or the Caribbean or, or wherever. But, you know, different expenses that we can legitimately put through our businesses uh, in various parts of the world. Exactly. So they just want to adjust their accounts and go, what would it look like for us? The cleaner your accounts, the easier it is. The easier you make due diligence for someone, the easier and the, the more likely your sale will go through because you don't lose momentum. So mm -hmm. stage four is all about extracting value, doing that tax planning, and actually having the, the liquidity event, mm -hmm. which Love leads it. us to stage five. Stage five is when we go, look, we've done stages one to four really well. I've now effectively shifted my assets, all of my, my wealth out of my business into my bank account. So my bank account's a little heavy and overweight at the moment. And it's, you know, it's oh. causing all sorts of problems. What so a problem to have. <laughs> so now I need to manage my wealth, manage my value. And, and, and the, you know, if we've been really successful at our business, we, we, we've heard about the stories where, hey, look, the first generation creates the wealth, the second generation maintains the wealth, the third generation blows the wealth. 
Yep. If, if we're aware of that as, as something that happens, then we're in a position where we can do some estate planning now. And mm. you know, if, if the requirements are, we need to do some proper wealth planning for future generations. And we need to make sure that, hey, we're no longer just running a business. We've got these assets in our bank account and we need to manage those. And if I, what am I going to do next? Some people want to go off and do some angel investing and, and getting the proper financial advice and go, you know, here's much I, I will use for you know various allocation of my 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 savings now or my my wealth cr- that I've created. How do right. I manage those? And it's you know it's going to be my my investments. What's my investments going to look like? How do I protect it? And how do I do my estate planning to look after the future generations? That's fantastic. You've given us a like a a birth to to exit uh, example in in those five stages. And yeah, I can totally peel back and see all those twenty one steps that are involved in each piece. But what a value to be able to say, here's a complete journey or cycle a business will go through in order to increase the value and not just live on the revenue and not just live in the day-to-day of it, but to think about what does this business do for us? You know, when I left my financial advising practice back in 2016, 2017, it was because business owners weren't thinking about the business as their key value in their in their assets and and they weren't planning properly for it and so when you come in with a process like you've shared with us you're giving them the tools that they need to be able to successfully capitalize on the asset that they've built their entire life with and you know just as well as i do many business owners aren't investing in their retirement plan their traditional retirement plan so this business is essential for them to live off of the yeah. the asset when it's time to let go and um i think it's just it's beautiful the way that you know you've got the complete package to to create that asset in a, in a way that they can capitalize on it and live off of it so it's it, awesome it's, it's a- Critical point that you make, like like no business owner, I'm sure, sets out to not do, let's call it, you know, pension planning or superannuation, depending on where you are. Yeah, but when they're growing a business, the business just consumes every spare cent or every penny. Exactly. And they need reinvestment. Yes. So, and then they start going, well, my business is my pension. or And uh, they go, okay, so if your business is your pension, how much do you need in your pension for you to be able to, you know, fund life after work? And they're not really sure. So that's why we also encourage them to get proper financial planning and wealth management and go to see a wealth manager. One of the flaws, though, that I've seen is that business owners go to a financial planner and they say, right, so I'm going to sell my business in five years' time and I'm going to get five mil for it. And the financial planner goes, great. And they write down five million in five years' time, five mil is going into the kitty and we'll invest that in your age 65 or whatever it is. And we go, whoa, 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 whoa. How do you know the business is going to be worth five mil in five years' time? Thank you. Know, you. What are you going to do? Yeah. Exactly. Like Mr. That... Mrs. Financial Planner, that's a flawed premise. Let's you know, get a proper valuation of the business. Let's let's check and see what the value potential is. And that's what we do as our stage one. We go, what's the valuation today? And what's the valuation potential of the business? Given all the resources, all the assets you've got in your business, and you you improved that business and made it world-class and attractive to a strategic buyer, what could the business be worth? 
Now we and know what are you going to do to stay? What are you going to do to ensure that that value is going to be there? Exactly. See, that's what always that's what always boggled my mind when I would plan for my clients is that they would they would not like they wouldn't have a strategy to say that yeah this is what I'm doing to make sure that that five million will be there when it's time to let go, yeah. and and they it would be kind of a hope plan right because they had this five million dollars which was oftentimes a little bit of a BS story you know and then they come in and then this was their plan between now and five years from now. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Have you thought about these things? And that's where your strategy and your step-by-step methodology seems to have answered those questions. And the smart business owner is coming through and looking at this early on in life to say, early on in their business life to say that I want to make sure that I'm doing all the right stuff, not just chasing customers and putting out fires, but structuring and building and ensuring and protecting and maximizing the value so that it's going to be there when it's time. And I think that's the big gap that business owners that I talk to um, before they decide to engage with me or with you, I'm sure you've had the same story. They're just not thinking like that. They're thinking about today. Oh, I need to land that customer. Oh, I need to solve the problem with my with my employees. Oh, I need to figure out shipping or marketing or client acquisition or whatever it is. And they're not thinking about tomorrow. It's the story of life, isn't it? How do we get them, you know, acting on the important, not just the urgent? <laughs> Stephen Covey is, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's the Eisenhower matrix that, uh, but yeah, look, we, we need to address the the important and today, uh, otherwise we're just going to be forever just, you know, addressing urgent issues. Yeah, well said, well said. Wow, Daryl, this has been fantastic. I can totally see the cycle of business in a way to maximize the value. Um, I'm almost positive the audience is seeing it too and going, oh, I didn't think about that. So where can listeners find out more about you and your 21-step process? So the easiest way is our website, which is succession.plus, P-L-U-S. Um, and I think we've even said, so we'll, we'll share a link with you, Marcia, where, where um, listeners, if they want, they can download an ebook. Um, if that's okay with you, cut this out Absolutely. if it's not going to work, but they can download an ebook, which will basically take you through and show you what the 21 steps are and, and how to address them. And it'll just give you that headline. It, it's about 80 odd pages on an ebook. So it's quite thorough. Um, but chances are you're going to want some help from an advisor and we've got people all around the world that can help you with that, including yourself. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. I appreciate that. You know, and, and listeners, I know that this is really, really an important way to shift the things that you're thinking about, because if you, if you wait until you're done, right. And you're stressed out and you're thinking I'm done, I'm going to sell this business or, you know, you got a fantastic opportunity that knocked on your door and said, hey, I'd love to pay you X for your business. You're probably not in a position to sell it. So I would encourage you to think about doing this now, early on in your business, whether you're going to sell in five years, three years, 20 years, to think about using these strategies to make sure that when it is time to sell it, you're in a better position. Yeah. And yeah, so... Thanks for listening today. I hope you found a couple ideas to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. I know I have, and Daryl's strategies are just fantastic. And as I mentioned before, how would you like to boost your net profitability in just 30 days? 
Don't think it's possible? Check out my new training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. Remember, this quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go get more information at 30dayprofitbooster.com. And Daryl and I would love to hear your feedback. Tell us if what, what strategy you're going to implement out of these ideas that we talked about today right now. What's the thing that you're going to put in that you took out of this out of this podcast that you're now going to focus on? Hit us up in the comments and Daryl and I will respond back. While you're at it, subscribe. You don't want to miss future shows. As you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players, we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thank you so very much, Daryl. Thanks for having me, Marcia.